0: But I think with all these algorithm updates, as long as you, again, just create good content, useful information, you, you're trying to help your visitors solve a problem, which is, you know, what an affiliate marketing site is all about. It's helping someone make a purchase. I, I always see it as that, that a lot of people that come to my site, they do want to buy a roof box. They just don't know which one. And I've just got to hold their hand and, and guide them to the right, right product.
1: That was Alex Cooper from WP Eagle. And he has a YouTube channel. He publishes a lot of content about WordPress tutorials and how to use WordPress, but he also has a ton of content on how to create an Amazon affiliate site. He is doing a public case study right now. He's been working on it for something like eight months or so. I can't remember the exact date that he started it, but it's a completely public site. He's been sharing everything. It's called bestroofbox.com. And we talk about a lot of stuff in this episode. We get into just having a public case study because I personally have not done that in any time I've seen a public case study done. There's usually some negative consequences to whoever is actually doing the case study. We also talk about choosing the niche and keyword research in general. We talk about his content approach and link building as well. As I mentioned, Alex has a YouTube channel, so he basically is covering everything on his YouTube channel. There's a playlist, there's a link in the description, and if you actually wanna see Alex's beautiful face in mine too. You can watch the video of this interview. Of course, there's a little bit of uh, like additional content here on the podcast because I'm going to come back after the interview and just chat with you a little bit and uh, talk about some random stuff that's going on. My name is Doug Cunnington, and this is The Doug Show. If you're brand new to the show, I usually talk about Amazon affiliate marketing, SEO, some productivity, a little bit of uh, personal finance, financial independence as well. I'm starting to do a few of those interviews as well, which is pretty fun. But if you're brand new, I encourage you to finish listening to this episode, but also check out some of those success story interviews. They're very popular. By far the most popular episodes. People love them. You can sort of find people that are right around your level. Some people are just hitting $100 per month with their affiliate sites, usually. Some people are making 5K a month, 10K, 20K, 40K, all per month. So it's pretty cool. There's a big audience out there, and I encourage you to stick around and check it out. So, going to ramble on here for a second. By the way, at the time that I'm recording this, I just found out that due to the coronavirus and uh, some other just general travel issues and conference things that are going on, I won't be speaking at the Pubtelligence conference. Like many other conferences, this one is being postponed. I'm not sure what the plan is, again, at the time that I'm recording this, which is a few weeks before it's going to go live. Basically, I don't know what's going on other than I don't need to go to New York and I have a little more time to prepare my talk. So I actually am viewing this as a little bit of an opportunity to refine my speaking skills, work on this talk a little bit more, maybe give it to uh, some local groups around here. Additionally, I know there are some conferences that are definitely going to happen in other areas of the country, different topics and all that stuff. And I have a feeling there may be an opportunity for an up and comer like myself to jump in and maybe give a talk where people have canceled. So I'm going to reach out to a couple of people I know and just say, Hey, I have a presentation. I could show up on short notice. So we'll see how that goes. I may actually not even want to travel at that point in time, depending on what's going on, but I just wanted to let everybody know, Pubtelligence sounds like at least at this point in time isn't going to happen as scheduled on April 3rd. However, I encourage you to check out the EZOIC website, Pubtelligence, and see what the new plans are. I suspect there's going to either be some sort of a postponement or maybe it'll happen online or something like that. Anyway, let's get to the interview with Alex Cooper. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and my good buddy Alex Cooper from WP Eagle. How's it going?
0: Good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for inviting me back. Of course, it's always good to catch
1: up and speak with you. You helped me out a bunch, and I thank you. Uh, like when I was first getting started
0: on YouTube, so thanks a lot. No problem. I see that your channel's still growing strong.
1: Pl- plug it along. We're doing what we can.
0: Trying to, trying to. You got to just keep going and give it time. It's all about. Effort and patience and just plenty of that, and you'll be fine.
1: Indeed. in in weathering the YouTube comments, the gauntlet. But uh, you know what? <laughs> we got thick skin.
0: <laughs> you have to, I think. When you put yourself out there, you need to have quite thick skin, don't you?
1: So for the people that don't know you, Alex, who are you and what do you do? What's your channel about?
0: Okay. Um, my name is Alex, as Doug's already said. My channel is WP Eagle. I've been doing YouTube for a few years now. And, um, the channel originally started as a kind of WordPress tutorial channel, just looking at WordPress themes and plugins and how to make websites with WordPress, that kind of thing. And then it naturally progressed into affiliate marketing, which was an area that I was interested in anyway. And now the focus of the channel is kind of all around how to use WordPress as an affiliate marketing business builder, I guess is how you'd say it. So, some popular content on my channel right now is um, around one of my affiliate marketing websites. It's called bestroofbox.com, which we're going to be talking about in hopefully today. But basically, I created this um, website in a video back in March. I think it was around that time. Did a full-length tutorial video on how I created the site. And then since then, I've been publishing regular update videos on exactly what i've been doing to the site all the work that i've been doing all the content i've been adding and i've also been sharing um the results from the site so the traffic numbers the earnings uh, and all that kind of thing so hopefully people can follow along with what i'm doing and you know learn from my mistakes and learn from my successes and and, and yeah follow along Perfect. and yeah it's, it's proven pretty popular
1: Awesome. So at this point in time, when we're recording it, the site is like roughly 11 months old or so. And um, it's doing pretty well. So um, we'll we'll be sharing some of the revenue numbers right now. But like in the last, say, 30 days or so, like, can you tell us just like the traffic and revenue so people understand that it's actually making some money and uh, doing all right?
0: Yeah, it's doing okay. Um I mean the thing is it's in uh, best uh, it's in the roof box niche I should say. So that's um the boxes that you put on top of your car when you need to travel with more stuff. And that's obviously probably quite seasonal. Um I'm guessing that most people invest in a roof box when they're thinking about going camping uh, in the summer. But yeah, for the last 30 days the revenue from Amazon has been around $250. Um and the traffic has I think it was around nearly six thousand users, something like that, five thousand nine hundred, something like that. But it has been growing month on month. So um, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen in the summer. Really,
1: very good. So we're going to kind of start at the beginning, and I'm I'm curious because I I personally don't share um, my own sites, and I try not to even share people in the audience so if i do a live stream and someone's like hey will you look at my site i usually tell them no to try and protect them because i mean basically copycats are going to show up people can do negative seo so alex why would you go public with this site it's bananas
0: (laughs) um i've not had any problems in terms of copycats um i've not seen any other roof box sites but maybe there is i don't think i've had any negative seo i think i would have spotted that and the reason i just i feel that you know on youtube especially there is a lot of gurus out there i don't know if they're all legitimate gurus or maybe some of them are fake gurus i don't know there's a lot of gurus out there and they tell you a lot of stuff and they don't always show exactly you know what they've been doing they'll tell you that they can help you make a million pounds or whatever and they'll often be standing in front of a ferrari or lamborghini or something like that and i wanted to approach it from a different angle i mean I, i don't have anything to sell i just really want to just share my story and i'm hoping that um my honesty and openness is is what's going to you know differentiate me from the, the other guys that are out there, and, and that's why I want to be clear. And yeah, I've just been on a live stream right now. I've just literally finished, and yeah, people do share their sites with me, and I I do bring them up on the screen, and we do look at them. And again, I've not heard of anyone that's had any anything bad happen. Uh, I'm sure it does happen, but I don't know i'm just not not that paranoid not that scared about it all
1: <laughs> gotcha and I, I was gonna say i've experienced the negative seo and, and lost uh multiple five figures um so i am extremely sensitive to it and i yeah i guess you once you've been your... burnt
0: once you've been burnt <laughs> you don't you don't do it again maybe i'll, I'll learn the hard way i, I will wait and see and but I'm... hey if, if it happens all i can say is uh, all of this stuff is just great for me to create content around. And as a YouTuber, you need a fresh source of ideas, you know, daily, weekly, you need content. You need to keep creating content. And when stuff happens to me, like when my sites get hacked, when bad things happen to my sites, um, it's just a great story to tell on YouTube and, and people really appreciate, you know, me sharing all that stuff. So if I do get a load of negative SEO, if someone does copy my site and rip it off, then, I'll put it down as a lesson learned, but I'll obviously share the experience with with my audience as well.
1: Indeed. I love it. And and by the way, I commend you for doing it. I think it's great. I get requests for it um like on a weekly basis, like to do a public case study, and I'm like, no, no, no. But probably eventually I will be worn down and I will do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I guess you'll have to just hope for the best and maybe choose one of your sites that isn't, you know, your big biggest earner. I don't know.
1: Indeed. Yeah, Who knows? It, <laughs> it, it it provides that authentic feel and people could follow along exactly week by week month by month on on what you're doing
0: so um how did you choose that niche well i would like to say that it was very scientific and i did months and months of research to come up with it but no um it was back just before last summer i say back in march just before then and I was looking to go camping and stuff and I wanted a roof box and I was looking around and I thought, oh, these these there's a lot of products out there. It's quite confusing. There wasn't a lot of information out there. So um I did a quick search on GoDaddy for some domains. I saw that bestroofbox.com was available. I thought that sounds like a great domain. And yeah, the rest is history. That's how I kind of fell into it. <laughs> cool. <And laughs> I know that there are there are much better ways to choose a niche than that. But hey, sometimes you fall on your feet and you find a niche that that seems to work. And this one does seem to be working quite well.
1: And I I think it's great because I I know personally, like uh, my my dad was trying to find a roof box because we we did this big road trip last year. They 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 joined me because I was driving to Alaska and we needed a roof box. And it was hard for him to find one that fit and get like an actual like understanding from the Amazon uh, description and the specs. He, he really couldn't understand like what would work for his. And he has a super common Ford Explorer, one of the most uh, popular like SUVs. There's a ton of them around. So there's definitely like some confusion around the product. So you actually got a roof box then, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've got a roof box and it's, it's great. And, um and also it allowed me to kind of understand some of the problems like how do you store a roof box in the winter um you know what how many suitcases can you fit in a roof box and also just the more i dug into it i thought from a content point of view there's so much i can write about for example you mentioned you know um the Ford explorer or whatever basically there's an article that needs to be written for every single type of car out there because people are searching on google for What's the best roof box for a Ford Explorer? What's the best roof box for a Volkswagen Golf? What's the best roof box for whatever? So I just thought, to so if I create articles around that, you know, and I was doing Google searches and there wasn't any articles coming up for each individual car, I just thought, you know, I'll be able to write content forever because there's, there's so many cars. Uh, and then you start exploring different activities, which is another great angle that I think you can find within a product-focused site like mine is all the applications for a roof box. So people that want to travel with their skis, with their camping equipment, uh, with their snowboards, um, you know, the list goes on. So from a content point of view, I thought it'd be great because there's, there's just so much you could write about. That's all pretty much product focused, um, which I know is an interesting approach. Cause a lot of people like to have more informational based sites, whereas this site is very product focused. And I think, that's one of the reasons why it does quite well in terms of revenue because it's not getting huge traffic numbers, but the traffic does get, does generate a reasonable amount of revenue from Amazon and which as we know, the commission rates are quite low. So uh, yeah, I think it does well because the people that come to my site, they're looking to buy a roof box they're They're in the market. They're ready to buy one. They just need a little bit of help in terms of deciding which one's the best fit for them and their vehicle or, or their, their sport or whatever they're using it for. Excellent. So,
1: you chose best roof box, which is sort of a the exact match keyword situation, which I, I literally advise people, d- don't do that. You're painting yourself in a corner. So can you just, why did you pick something so specific? And you've already talked about how you can expand it based on activities. There was plenty of content because there's like an endless number of cars. But I mean, you could have said something a little bit more broad. Um, I, I don't know what, but maybe like outdoor activities or something like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, i was go it was an exact match keyword and I was kind of hoping to rank for the keywords, best roof books. I thought that would bring in tons of traffic. And in fact, the site does it's page one for best roof books. It's somewhere in the middle of page one. Um, I think it's just, I was a little bit naive maybe when I, when I, when I was planning the site and in hindsight, I would probably wouldn't do that again. So I'm I'm going to do another site soon uh, because I love these projects. And and this time I'm going to take a lot of the experience that I've learned from this site and all the advice that I've taken from people like yourself uh, and other experts and and guests that I've had on my channel that have come in and torn down my site. And they've all said, why on earth did you go for that domain name? Why on earth did you push yourself into a corner with a very specific product group? And my answer is because at the time I thought that's what I should be doing. And you know, maybe going forward, I'd probably go for something like roofboxadvisor.com or um, something that's a little bit more general and kind of explains a little bit more about what the website's about. But, hey, you live and learn. And what I've learned is that actually if you do make mistakes at the beginning, it's not the end of the world. Your site can still do well and you can you can carry on and be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the key. Like, always give yourself, like, the, the flexibility uh, to grow if possible. And then yeah. if, if you don't, it's not a catastrophic mistake i mean you could change the domain name and then redirect a few things like it's just a technical problem a fairly small technical yeah. problem so
0: and we all know that everyone's going to do more than one site so you just know that for the next site it's going to be even better because of all the stuff that you learned on this on the site before and they just keep getting better and that's just generally you, you make your best uh, you learn your ma- your best lessons when you make mistakes don't you that's the uh, you only really kind of learn by failing you never learn anything if you get it right first time <laughs>
1: Indeed. Well, hopefully a couple of people
0: learn from the mistake that you made. So, Yeah, yeah. And they, uh, people learn from both of us, you know, our experience oh, yeah. and mistakes. That's what they're learning from. And um, yes. we can share that with, with people.
1: So you were scratching your own itch in that you were doing research for roof boxes and other storage um, applications for your, your car. So as far as keyword research, how did you approach it? Like initially... Uh, like right when you were choosing and then how are you approaching it now as you're thinking, Hey, I'm going to expand content and all that stuff.
0: Okay. Um, back in the beginning, I was originally, I was using a lot of keyword tools, just typing reefbox in and getting a load of ideas. So answer the public was a, one that I, was, I used quite a lot. Um, so just creating content around people's questions that people were searching for around reefboxes. But nowadays, I don't tend to use hardly any keyword tools. I just use Google generally, and just I'm typing stuff into Google. I'm seeing what related searches come up. I'm seeing what the questions Google is throwing up, and I'm just noting all them down. And then once you get all that laid down in front of you, you can start to naturally see opportunities for articles and for content and and basically building it out from there. Um, I've been using a new keyword service, which I'll quickly mention. It's called keywordcare.com. Um, which was set up by one of my viewers and one of your viewers as well, I think, um, Carl, and that's for people that, you know, you don't want to do any keyword research, you can just literally pay Carl, and he seems to have a great knack of identifying keywords that do rank really well. Of course, me and you, we did a big playlist on the keyword golden ratio a while back, and that used to be a big factor of mine, but um, nowadays, I've just been anything that's suggested in Google, I just tend to create content around it, because I just, you know, need content all the time, so... I did start by doing a lot of KGR stuff, but nowadays it's just literally, if I haven't got an article around that question that I've seen on Google, then I'll just create an article and, and hope for the best. Sure. And um, and generally, I think because the site's got a little bit of authority now, it does tend to rank quite well. I mean, not for everything, but for for a lot of those longer tail searches, it does seem to do quite well.
1: Cool. And for the, the people uh, that went deeper analysis, I'm going to be doing um a series of videos where i i tear down best roof box with alex's uh gracious permission and i'll yeah. be analyzing some of the it. keywords and and some of the other things like behind the scenes that maybe we don't we're not going to talk about today cuz it's like the deep minutia very detailed so i'm going to be going into
0: that yeah i'm looking forward to it
1: and <laughs> so so basically at this point you're like you understand what keywords are going to work pretty well. Usually you're using the like the featured questions
0: in Google. So you'll Google a term and then you'll see what questions people are asking. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can just keep clicking on that and it just keeps giving you more and more questions forever. I think it doesn't ever run out, but yeah, so that's mainly what I've been doing. So they're, okay. they're very much response articles. I guess you'd call that. Are they call called response articles. I think where you're basically creating articles around people's questions
1: awesome and do you have any like um i guess epic successes by doing that one where you just picked one out and now it's like one of the your highest traffic kind of situations
0: that's a good question um which i've not prepared for let me have a quick look on my analysis. i've got it right here um i know a lot of them are ranking well and they do kind of uh, bring in traffic i don't know let me just see what what does bring in the best traffic um And I've had some some quite good luck with with snippets, that kind of thing, by adding a nice image and by making sure that I bold up the answer to the question in in the first couple of paragraphs. Um, That's done really well. But yeah, let me just have a quick look at my um, thing. But while while you're doing that, you can ask me another question.
1: (laughs) Sure. Actually, I could just talk. So one of the cool techniques that I've branded the FAQ technique, which just means frequently asked questions, you literally – do what Alex said and you hop over to Google, you put in a term and there's now these uh, featured questions, right? Common questions that go on endlessly. Some are a bit uh, redundant and repetitive, but generally you can get a ton of ideas and it's a great way to beef up almost any content for any kind of site. Cause there's usually questions associated with them. And then you could add a few hundred words to any piece of content on your site. Very easy to outsource as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I've got to the last 30 days. Interestingly, the the homepage gets the most entr- entrances, so people coming to the site. The second biggest page for entrances is an article that I wrote a while back, which was a buyer's guide for a roof cargo box for a Subaru Outback, which is a car that I, I've never seen because I think that's a car that's in America. By the way, my site is targeting U.S. traffic. So, again, a completely random car. I think to come up with my first ideas for articles around cars, I did a search for, like, the top 25 most popular cars in America because, you know, we have different cars. I'm in the U.K. and there's different cars in the U.S. And, obviously, the Subaru Outback must have been one of those. Creating an article around a roof boxes for the Subaru Outback, and now it's the second uh, most popular entrance page on my site, bringing in 430 people um, last 30 days. It's random. I mean, you you would never probably be able to predict that. And again, I find that with content marketing and creating content is you just got to sometimes just throw as much at the wall as you can. And sometimes some of it sticks and and does really well. And you would probably never be able to predict that there was a lot of people looking for roof boxes for a Subaru Outback. And indeed, there obviously isn't a much other content out there that caters for that need. That's interesting. And then the next one is how to pack a roof box carrier. also brings in a lot of people.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. It, and I was, I'm, I'm chuckling on the inside because I live in uh, Colorado. Now I lived in Montana before I have some family in like uh, Pennsylvania and anywhere where there is um, like potential for like slick conditions some wintry conditions, uh, Subaru Outbacks and all wheel drive type cars are like hugely popular, hugely yeah. popular. They're everywhere.
0: So they kind of, i guess they're kind of reliable they get you out of trouble if you if you get stuck somewhere that kind of thing so yeah and obviously a lot of people want a roof box for them
1: yeah that's amazing in my the extent of my knowledge for like uh cars in the uk did you watch mr bean uh yeah 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 uh, so he drove that little mini so i assume uh you that's what you have i'm not really sure yeah
0: everyone in the uk has a mini of course that's what <laughs> we'll drive um no i mean you have minis over now and we do like, yeah, yeah, the new mini the new minis yeah, yeah, which, are, which are obviously they're, they're german now we don't talk about that um but yeah there's a lot of minis here um our calls our cars are generally a lot smaller than your cars because our roads are generally a lot smaller we have a lot of tight corners and whereas you from what i know from being to america you have a lot of long straight roads that are straight for a long time you don't really need to worry about going around too many corners um so yeah the cars are different but yeah we all, we all drive minis over here <laughs> T- typical American.
1: Okay, we can move <laughs> on to um, content. So how, how many
0: articles are on, on the site at this point? Okay, we're up to about 85. I've got a few more in the, in the queue at the moment they are just being edited and being written and, and whatever. I'm trying to add maybe five every couple of weeks, something like that. It really depends on my workload and how quickly my writers can get, get stuff over to me. I've got a big list of stuff that I want written. It's just a case of getting it written and and getting it uh, edited. I only have one editor at the moment and uh, one writer, so it's a bit slow. But, um, yeah, just regularly putting the content out. I mean, I've got the ambition of maybe getting it up to two, three, 400 articles. I don't know. As as big as I possibly can. As I said, there is limitless, really, ideas in terms of the content that I can produce around roof boxes.
1: Very good. And it sounds like most of them are sort of product focused. Um, do you know the percentage of like product versus informational type content?
0: Um, I'd say it's probably at least 85% product focused. Okay. Uh, um, cool. there are a few, few articles that aren't roof boxes <laughs> reduced, uh, I'm sorry, aren't a roof box focused, but I'm just trying to see if any of them are performing well in my, uh, analytics not really no they are generally all product focused they're they're buyer's guides i'd say how long are most of the buyer's guides um they're between 1000 and 2000 words something like that
1: okay and have you experimented with like um like shorter content under a thousand or very long content maybe over 3000 words just curious
0: Yeah, I've got a few that are short, maybe five, six hundred words. I've not got a couple of them, uh, not not more than a couple of them. I've got a couple of long ones. I did a big guide on Thule, uh, which is a big manufacturer of roof boxes. That seems to be doing okay, so I called that the ultimate guide to the Thule roof boxes because I noticed there are a lot of questions in Google all around Thule, like are they waterproof, how do they make them, Uh, how do you pronounce Thule? All those guys, (laughs) was it Thule? Or thought, I don't know. Um, so I thought I'd package all those questions together into one article and, and call it the ultimate guide. But yeah, that's like 14th on my uh, list of of content that's pulling in traffic. So I don't know. I don't know whether it's worth always investing in these longer, in longer articles. I don't know. I'm still kind of finding my feet, I guess.
1: Sure. And then, well, y- you sort of described like, that particular ultimate guide. It sounded like you just did research on the questions and then answered those do you is that usually how you format such a guide or was it that a one-off case
0: that's normally how i'd approach it yeah i'd see a a lot of questions around a particular theme and then i would just use that as the subheadings within an article so yeah i could have had maybe four or five six hundred word articles but i thought in that particular case i'd just put them all together into one and and see what happens because i was hoping that quite often you see when people um, do a search on google with a question Sometimes it's not the, the main title of that article that comes up, but there'll be a hot link on Google or a quick link that jumps you straight to that question on that article. And that's what I was kind of hoping to get that kind of that that extra little link that you get on Google where it's got the article, but then it's got, you know, skip straight to the answer to this question. Okay, I'm not sure if I've achieved it on that article. i probably need to look into it a bit, a bit more detail. But it's yes, sure. bringing in some traffic and it seems to be doing the business.
1: Very good. Okay. So, just to sort of wrap a couple things up before we move on to uh, like your off-site SEO approach. So initially you had a bunch of keywords that you were kind of thinking of um, using keyword research tools. Then you kind of moved away from tools and realized, hey, there's so many long tails with questions. I'm going to focus on those. You have about 80 plus articles or so and you have um, roughly 85% of those our product reviews and Mm -hmm. uh before we move to the link building as far as your team so it sounds like you're not writing the content what's your content team look like
0: um okay so my content team at the moment i've just been outsourcing it to brokers i don't even have my own writer so there's a couple of companies out there that um you just literally order your content you give them some keywords you give them what you want the article to be you tell them how many words you want and you pay them some money and then they deliver an article I know I need to do better at that. That's an area that I'm lacking, um, mainly because I just haven't got round to going through the process, which I know is quite a long process of actually finding my own writers. But I think because the problem with using these guys, sometimes you get some articles and they're fantastic. They're well written. They're exactly the kind of tone and everything that you want. And then you put another order in and you get something completely different. And it's because, you know, these, these companies have got whole teams of writers and you never know which one you're going to get. So, that's something I want to do in terms of my editor. I found a a guy who actually I, he contacted me through my channel. I think on one of my live streams, I was saying I could really do with someone to help me with publishing the articles because I want them to look nice. I want to add product tables. I want it, you know, to, I want to find some videos on YouTube that are related and just kind of make the articles really rich. And I just didn't have the time. And, and and he popped up and said, I'll do it for you. And he's abroad. The rates are very good. And I've been getting a good relationship with him. So I have him um, who publishes all my articles. I get them back from the article creation company. I send them over to him with all my affiliate links and I do the imagery. So I send him over the featured image. I send him over a Pinterest graphic and any other images that I happen to want to include. So I've got a nice stock subscription. So lots of nice stock photography. And then he lays it out. He does some more research. He puts all the products into a nice table He finds any relevant YouTube videos that I can embed and just generally makes the articles look really good and and he's done a fantastic job and he's really well-priced. So I'm really happy with that. And it's really kind of increased the productivity of the the site. I'm able to get stuff up a lot quicker. Sure.
1: And thanks for not mentioning any of the specific content companies. I know it's always a challenge to like get good quality. And like you said, it goes up and down. Um, I know you've had some struggles with some content companies which you don't have to mention them specifically, but can you just, if you're willing to, can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Um, if anyone who goes back through some of the videos on my channel, will probably be able to see who that was. They're not around anymore. I don't think, but yeah, I found that content is a big area for a lot of people and uh, people were constantly asking me, you know, who do you recommend for content? And I do have a couple of companies. I'm not going to mention them now. Uh, they don't even have affiliate programs, I just mentioned them because they're good. They're not, they're not paying me. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of people ask me about content. So I actually thought about um, selling content services, which is what I did for a couple of months. But yeah, I found that the content I was getting was unreliable. I found it was difficult to communicate. It was just a complete nightmare. So I think ultimately the best bet, and you'd probably agree with this, is you find some writers that you can work with and, and, and stick with them and keep them happy and, and build a good relationship with them. And that that's probably the best way to do it. But it's just that entire process of, finding writers and hiring them and getting some good ones and getting your head clear in terms of what you want from a writer. Uh, and it's just, I haven't really had the time to sit down and do that. It's on my things of list of things do because again, I want to create a video around that entire process of, <laughs> I don't know if you've done one on this where you, uh, you basically document going onto Upwork, looking for writers, um, and just share the whole thing. That's what I'm looking to do, but uh, I haven't sure. got to that point yet.
1: So I've done, um, I've talked about, the process of doing that, but I haven't like gone into Upwork and done all the details, like in a public fashion. I, mm. I have shared that in some capacity elsewhere. Um, I do have a student who she actually followed my process, wrote a just killer guest post on on my site. I paid her for it. It wasn't really a guest post. Um, yeah. And if you follow it, um, it will crush. It works really well. And I think she published like, it was like 80, 89 articles in 90 days or something like that, where she published just like a ton of content and um, hired all the people from Upwork, went through the process. So I'll I'll send you that link. I'll put,
0: I'll put a link in the description
1: for anyone. But yeah, if you follow it, like it works, I've done it. She improved on my process and then she's done really well with it.
0: But there, there, there must be a bit of burn. Of writers, I don't know if that's the right mm-hmm. word, where you you hire lots of people, but then you also have to fire quite a few of them as well because they're just not, not delivering, I, I don't know, yeah. the right tone, the right, the grammar's not good or I don't know, and all the out. other things. Yeah. yeah, or they flake out. Is that, I guess that's the thing because the other thing is you want to create all this content, but you don't want to spend too much, do you? <laughs> you want good quality articles at the, the lowest possible price, otherwise, yeah. you know, it comes up. And I guess that, you know, that's the thing that with all these kind of sites, there's an investment and, you know, people need to know that there's an investment and it's going to be time or it's going to be money, whatever you've got most of, I guess.
1: Oh yeah. And for me, I found the, the I guess the success and failure rate about 50%. So if I needed a team of five writers, I'd have to hire 10. Now I just chatted with someone who's publishing a lot of content over the past like year or so. Um, Morton, which I'll, I'll put a link to, uh, the video whenever, whenever it does come out, but he has about 10 or 11 writers at this point in time. And he said he had to go through about a hundred. I'm not sure if wow. it was hyperbole or if that wasn't, it sounded like the real number, but he has a, a pretty solid team and he has a content manager slash editor who handles a lot of the stuff that that you were talking about with your editor. And, um, I mean, it took a lot of time. So I, I was going to say like, if you're happy with the, with the services, just stick with the services. Cause there's no, like you said, it takes time or it takes money. So right now you're, you're paying a, a lot more for the admin and you just deal with probably one project manager or something. Yeah. That's much easier. I mean, you're, you're a busy dude. You don't want yeah, to sit and work yeah. all day.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the thing. If you've got your own writers, I'd probably need to hire someone to actually manage all the writers. And yeah, it, it adds a different... I guess it depends where you want to take it and what your focus is. Let's say my focus, this is a bit of a side project for me. My main focus is the YouTube channel and, and all the stuff to do with that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it's something I want to do because a lot of people ask me all the time, you know, how do you find good writers? How do you get good content created? And you know, yeah, that's, that's the key. That's the lifeblood of all these sites, isn't it? It's the content. You've got to keep adding good, fresh, well-written useful content
1: oh yeah oh yeah okay so let's go to link building so what's mm. your approach for any sort of off-site seo
0: okay um my approach has been a little bit scattergun. gun i have to, I've tried lots of different things so i i've used the HOF, which i know you've you've mentioned a few times and I, I i don't know the site is ranking well and organic traffic is growing it's very difficult i think to, to To measure and to gauge how well these things work so yeah i spent some money on the half i went and i paid five hundred dollars in fact for one of their links and it seems like a pretty good link and it brings a bit of traffic and it's on a nice site that's really busy and, and that kind of thing so i've done that um i've done a few bits of guest posting however that's been a probably a bit easier for me because of the youtube channel so a lot of people share their sites with me and if I see that they've got a, a site, say, for example, on camping, on skiing, on anything to do, on fishing, I don't know, anything to do with a roof box, I'll say, I'll create an article for your site. Is that cool? And they'll say, yeah, so for the fishing site, I'll, I'll send over an article on the best roof box for a fishing rod. And and they've been accepting it, so that I've been doing some guest posting that way. Obviously, it's a lot harder in the real world. You'd have to do some outreach and that kind of stuff. Um, I did a bit of YouTube. Again, I went to the Hof and they created some videos for me. On hindsight, those videos are not the best. Maybe basically, I just gave them some of my articles and said, "Can you turn this into a video?" Which they did, and it's a guy presenting it, and there's some B-roll footage in there. I don't know how much value that's brought in. And I've done a lot of Pinterest, so uh, every pretty much every article has a little uh, pin pin image on it. I make sure that I pin that to Pinterest. For the link, it doesn't bring in a lot of traffic, but I'm I'm sure those Pinterest links are worth something, aren't they? I don't know.
1: I think um, maybe just a tiny bit if they're bringing in traffic, because they're going to be a no-follow link. Yeah, but if they're bringing in traffic, well, that has its own like intrinsic value. But if uh, yeah, I mean, the problem is anyone can create as many pinterest <laughs> links as they want so the the
0: value goes down yeah they're not that valuable i guess no oh and the other thing i guess i should say is i I've th- i did quite a bit on quora um and other question and answers like so when i was doing searches around some of my articles you know when people were searching for what's the best roof box for a subaru outback if i saw a quora question come up that was similar or the same i would then answer it and um and offer a pretty good answer, you know, a quite in-depth answer, and and then get a link back to the site. And a lot of them are stuck. Actually, they've stuck quite well. Um, the core question would often outrank my site, um, but then within that answer, there would be a link back. And, and generally, the answer would be like the, the top answer or, or one answer that was near the top. And I don't know what your experience has been with those question-answer sites. A lot of my viewers have found it quite difficult to get uh to get any traction there, but I think with those question answer sites, as long as you deliver some valuable information in your answer, then there's no reason why it shouldn't stick, and you can always reference back to your site in terms of where you got um, the information from cool do you, do you use any quora stuff or any of that
1: I don't, and i i th- I've heard it can be effective, and I think if you had the right approach like you're talking about where you actually were answering a real question. And to your point um, before about the nearly endless number of questions, like does X roof box fit this car? And there's multiple versions of cars where it's like, you know, an out, well, I don't know what the outbacks are like, but um, for the various trim lines, you may have a different uh, slightly different size for the specific um, roof rails to actually install the roof rack so th- those tiny things were like one inch off or the mounting bracket could be a major issue again i understand the the, the perils and, and the difficulty of like getting a roof box because there's all these little details like
0: yeah, yeah and do- every car is different and do they have roof bars or do they have the the side runners and if you've yep. got a panoramic roof Um, uh, all these kind of things. Yeah, there's loads of cars that you can talk about. And so there's loads of questions on Quora about these things. And, you know, how can I reduce the noise of my roof box? And can I use my roof box when it's empty? And and can I store, how do you store a roof box? Which then kind of led on to these other products that I didn't know were available. You can get a whole load of hoists and other bits of kit that you can put into your garage uh, to store your roof box. So, you know, I created loads of content around them and they're doing pretty well. But, um, yeah, I I found that the the question-answer sites have been a good place to quite quickly um build up a few links
1: gotcha and do you know how much traffic is coming in through quora or is there any traffic
0: uh probably let's have a look um okay i've got my analytics right here so we can we can bring up some stuff live all traffic um referrals i guess that's where it is and for the
1: people that are listening to the podcast, um, we're not actually displaying anything. I'm just staring into Alex's eyes
0: right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got free, free visits from Cora last day. So maybe that's not a great example, but um, I, I, I just think, I don't know if the links are follow or no follow or whatever, but it's just something that I did to build up some links and yep. do well. The other, Yeah, that's about it. I think in terms of link building, I don't know how important link building is. I mean, you need to have a few, obviously, but I think you know when you're writing articles about stuff that there isn't much out there already, and you know Google sees your site and there's no black marks against your site. You haven't done anything wrong. There's no reason why you still can't rank really well without too many backlinks. I think.
1: I I, I, I mean, that's the whole keyword golden ratio concept. You know, uh, finding things that aren't served well that uh, maybe people are looking for.
0: So yeah, yeah. And then that way you don't, you don't need too many links do you Yep, because yeah. links are hard to get. They are hard to get. And you know, they'll naturally, they do naturally occur over time, but they're not, they're not the easiest thing to do. And if you in any way, try and manipulate um, your link building by you know, buying links or doing anything like PBNs or anything, you really do run the risk of just it all going wrong in the future when Google caught on to what you're doing. Sure. So you just got to be so careful with it. Haven't you? So, Moving
1: on to Google. Good segue, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, the sandbox, a lot of people say there's a Google sandbox at about uh, six months and I've heard there's one at about 12 months. So you're not at at, uh, 12 months yet, but did you see a a little uptick over six months?
0: Interesting. You should say that. Let me just have a quick look. I know that uh, it was around the six months mark that I had an issue with revenue, um, The site started strong, I think, three or four months in, we started earning some quite good revenue from Amazon, and then it just dipped around August, September time, and I I put it down to seasonality. But, yeah, my traffic around September and October, it did dip a bit. I don't know if that was a Google Sandbox or anything like that. I was still getting traffic from Google. Then in December, um. In fact, end of November, twenty eighth of November. Now I don't know if this was Sandbox or something else, but I switched my plugin from Yoast SEO to rank math, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's a new, fairly new, really good SEO plugin for WordPress. And since then traffic has gone up a lot a lot more quickly. And like all these things, it's so hard to put it down to whatever that was. Did it was it because I changed the plugin? Was it because I've come out of a SAM? Sand- uh, box because end of November is you know kind of nearly six months maybe a little bit more. Was it just because of all the effort I've been doing is starting to pay off? I don't know. <laughs> it could just be a coincidence. I don't know.
1: Yep, and I think I mean usually um that's what people say. They're like, hey, I've been doing like eight things that probably should help, and then after six months, like good things seem to. Ha- and sometimes it's six months to the day, like where people are like, holy cow, they're there's truly a sandbox and sometimes it's a little bit off and i, I kind of believe there's something to it and i kind of believe it's related to when you started publishing content on a sort of regular basis um or at least like publish like you know 10 articles yeah. or something
0: because when do they when do they take that start date from i mean like looking at it, it's it's longer than six months it's maybe nine months after i launched but sure Probably it might be six months after I started really regularly posting content on a regular basis because when I launched the site there was a few articles on it and I didn't do too much with it. I was busy working on the tutorials and all that kind of stuff. So, it's, who knows when they where they take that date from? Yep, I haven't had the problem of being stuck with a brand new domain. I hear that's an often a problem where you register a new domain and it's hard to get that moving for a few months. But I've yep. not noticed that.
1: And I think um, you know another thing in play is just the ongoing. Google algorithm updates, which I think there was one, or um, there, there were several each month at the tail end of 2019. So you may have benefited from the sandbox. The change, yeah, yeah. It could have been the algorithm update. So have you observed anything else on like those specific dates where algorithm updates were rolled out?
0: Did
1: you notice anything?
0: No. Um, I mean, I guess if I dug into it and tried to map it, I've not really been following it. I mean, definitely... You see in your analytics, suddenly something happens and it shoots up and again, I don't know what, what that is. I can't put it down to any one event. But I think with all these algorithm updates, as long as you again just create good content, useful information, you you're trying to help your visitors solve a problem, which is you know what an affiliate marketing site is all about, it's helping someone make a purchase. I, I always see it as that that a lot of people that come to my site, they do want to buy a roof box, they just don't know which one, and I've just got to hold their hand and, and guide them to the right right product. As long as you do that and you don't do anything sneaky and you don't do anything um, a little bit untoward, I think you'll be fine regardless of what Google do to the algorithms. In fact, it should should benefit you because Google just want to serve good quality content to their to their users.
1: And I think... I, I wish it was that simple. Because I was, <laughs> uh, was going to say... like I've, I've probably
0: simplified I've, it a bit there, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've seen so many where it's like a site that has constantly grown for a while, whether it's some of mine or or other people's. And... You know, they're, they're getting a lot of traffic, some of these sites that I know of. And uh, an update will come and, and they drop by, uh, you know, 20%. And then uh, another algorithm update comes and they go back higher than what they were. And then yeah. they go back down. And, and and there's, like, n- there's
0: no rhyme or reason. And, and what, they haven't done anything particularly sneaky or there's no black hat going on. And the content's good, I guess. It's, like it's, I
1: said, some of these are... Really big, super high quality. Um, all, all the things that we talk about for uh, white hat outreach and or like social signals and that there are like natural, uh, natural shares and links coming from you know, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube video. Like it's a, it's real brands and they get hit. So I agree in theory. Yeah. If you do a, you know, if you do good content you'll be okay. But sometimes like there's some funny stuff going on where n- no one really knows. It's very, super complex these days.
0: Yeah, so. it is. And it's kind of scary, I guess in some ways, but uh, yeah, but to keep going. I and hope do you pull through the other side indeed
1: so um any any mistakes or or things that you've learned aside from like the the domain name because we already covered that but any other big things where you're like hey if i could give someone advice that's uh, maybe starting a site maybe they're going to follow along with your playlist that we'll be sharing um any overall tips
0: um i think just be careful where you spend your money um in terms of buying other people's services we mentioned a few tonight in terms of like link building or video production i probably wouldn't do that again if i was going to create videos it, it's just not good quality content going back to it again you know if i just give someone one of my articles and say make a video about it you know when you think about it that's not going to be great content good content would be for me to go out in the garden with my camera get the roof box out walk around it talk about it say how i fit it on whatever why i chose this one how much i can get in it you know whether it's waterproof all these kind of things that would be a good video so I think sometimes um, you try and look for quick wins and ways, you know, generally I'd rather spend money than time just because (laughs) I'm very time poor and I try and look for these shortcuts like, oh, great, I could just pay someone to create my videos and I could set up a roof box, roof channel, uh, YouTube channel and it'd be fine no it's not because it's just a waste of money and, and those shortcuts you know they're not delivering any good value it'd be better for me to spend some time and do, and do that so yeah i'd just be more careful in terms of what i spent my money on and again buying links and um which they're not links they're actually you know buying guest posts through the Hof and, and places like that I'd, I'd probably be a bit more careful with that as well and just try and select some very specific places that i'd want to want to get placement very yeah but, but other than that i don't think i've made any major mistakes apart from maybe the domain name
1: (laughs) which i mean it's working out fine and it's very clear what the site is about um but yeah usually when someone says hey if i i found an exact match uh keyword i i'm usually like "Eh,
0: yeah
1: maybe find something more broad but yeah it's it's going fine man
0: (laughs) yeah and you know they still kind of rank a little bit for i don't know how back in the old days it used to be great if you get that exact match keyword domain name You'd be number one within a week when it was <laughs> you put crazy. some content up. Yeah, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably just be more careful about that. Maybe f- focus more on kind of a brand uh, idea, so something like, I say, Roofbox Advisor or the Roofbox Experts or something like that. That uh, it doesn't sound quite so affiliate affiliate website as BestRoofbox dot but hey. Sure. You live well, and
1: learn. Yeah, and, and, and I mean the other thing is like we we're in this world of affiliate marketing and we see it all the time, day in, day out. Um we're getting emails about it, all that stuff. And general normal people in the world, they, they don't know about this stuff. Like they no, no. think it's just uh a website that has great information.
0: So. Exactly. That's what that's that's what you can do.
1: Awesome. So where can people find you, Alex? Um, you got the YouTube channel. you got a blog. What, where Where do you want people to go?
0: Well, as so I put um, – Doug has kindly said he'll share a link to my playlist. Just go check that out. It, it documents absolutely everything to do with the site, everything I've done to the site. I, I don't know. There's maybe 20 or 30 videos in there now, including all the earnings, which have been up and down a little bit. And you can see exactly what's going on. You'll also be able to see videos on all the services that I've tried out, like the Hoff and, and how that went go check that out. That's on my YouTube channel. I do try and upload every single week. I do go live every week as well. It'd be good to see you in the chat and we'll have a chat. And you can also find everything over at wpeagle.com, which is uh, my website, which is it's just basically on my YouTube channels, but on a website.
1: <laughs> awesome. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Alex. And as you mentioned, we'll put links in the description so people can get to your playlist, your channel, your website, all the good stuff. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Alex, of course, and be sure to check out his channel. He does many updates on this case study, which is super cool. I know I'm doing this age site case study and I'll be honest with you. I'm barely getting a new YouTube video out per month, but there just hasn't been a huge amount of activity. A lot of things have been going on uh, just generally in my life. If you're a long time podcast listener, you know, we were house shopping, that took a lot of time. It's a nightmare to deal with not a nightmare, but it's a pain in the ass to deal with like all the mortgage companies and stuff like that, trying to get a good deal. There's home insurance, there's all the other bullshit you have to deal with. Then you have to move also. So there's a lot of stuff that's been going on and a million other more interesting things for me to do. Then publish more on the age site case study, but Alex has been doing a really good job just so many updates there are so many videos that he's done either directly related to best roof box or some other like smaller component maybe it's implementing some tables or something like that but he's publishing very often definitely check out his channel and as i mentioned earlier the uh the coronavirus thing is impacting the conference that i was going to speak at and i was actually chatting with one of my one of my friends around town here he was planning on going to a conference in i think it was like southern california i think it was supposed to be a huge conference something like 90,000 people and they canceled it as a conference attendee obviously you would have to change your plans in a dramatic way especially if you were planning on flying and doing a bunch of other stuff. Maybe you have uh, some side trips along the way as well. But the other part is just from running a conference, I can imagine all the money tied up with vendors and caterers and sponsors, all, all that stuff, plus all the hotels that you know everyone booked, not including the 90,000 people for that particular conference, but just the conference crew, just the people putting on the conference. So it must be some uh, massive, huge, just shuffling and scrambling and trying to figure out what, what they need to do, how they can reschedule. And it's just completely unclear. Now I'm sure some people are going to be listening to this in the future. And just to place the date when I'm actually recording this, it is March 6th. It's a Friday afternoon, but, uh, People will be listening to this for months in the future, potentially years, probably years in the future, and you'll remember back and you'll think, oh yeah, I was crazy back then, but everything's fine now. Hopefully that's what we will be remembering. So I think that's all I got for today. I'm, I'm kind of pumped I, since I'm just rambling here, kind of pumped because uh, I'm doing this homebrew competition. So I'm judging some beers today. And then there are three sessions tomorrow, so I have a full day of drinking beer. <laughs> we'll be starting up tomorrow morning at nine a m Three different sessions, and I think they're usually a couple hours apiece. It depends on who I am paired with. typically, judges are are matched up with one other judge and I'm actually pretty fast unless it's a very strange category. I'm not gonna go too deep into the categories here that'd be a better thing. maybe I can bring uh Matt Jevanisi back on sometime we could talk about judging and you know hanging out at in a uh, competition like that helping out judging whatever it is that you're doing and uh basically I'm pretty quick i've I've judged a lot of beers and when you take the exam for these uh the bjCP when you take the beer judging exam. There's a time limit. So you have to be able to judge a beer fairly quickly. You can't goof around too much. You have to hit, hit the beats. You have just a few minutes. And if you get behind during the exam, you will be rushed. You can't get that time back. So if you take too long on one beer, then you're going to be rushing at the end. So sort of the ideal amount of time. I would say is about 10 minutes per beer. 10 minutes per beer is what you need to judge. And you're only drinking about uh, like one to two ounces. You may get up to three ounces of a pour, but typically, you know, you're, you're drinking like an ounce and a half or two to critically judge this beer. It's very mentally taxing. I know it sounds crazy, especially when you're like, Doug, you're going to start drinking beer at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. What are you, Crazy. A little bit, yes. A little bit crazy. But if you're just having that small amount and you're really concentrating, oh man, it is actually pretty draining. But it's fun. Really fun to do. You're just hanging out with people that like to brew beer, drink beer, talk about beer. It's just pretty fun, pretty fun environment. And uh, I enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be heading out of here in just a few minutes to do the first session. I think I'm doing a German box tonight. Very exciting. So anyway, be sure to check out Alex's stuff. If you're brand new to the show, thanks for checking it out. Have a look at my YouTube channel. You can go to niche site projects, sign up for the email list. I'll send you all the templates that I use. There's uh, just tons of material, tons of free stuff. And I point you in the direction of helpful content, either on the blog or on YouTube, because there's a lot of great tutorials that I've done, or people like Alex as well. So have a great day out there. We'll catch you in the next episode.